Paul, John Bunyan, who was all the way back in the 1600s, was a very, very driven man. He was preaching the gospel, but the problem in his context was that he was a nonconformist. Now, a nonconformist was anyone who was not part of the Church of England. And to top it all off, John Bunyan was preaching and holding meetings. And so the result for him was that he was thrown in prison. But that didn't silence him. There was people outside the walls of the prison who had come there to hear him preach. They would gather outside and he would preach over top of the walls and they would hear him. And so the authorities said, well, we can't have this. That's not going to do. And so they put him in solitary confinement. But that may have silenced his voice, but it didn't silence his pen. And of course, he wrote the book Pilgrim's Progress. And we might wonder if John Bunyan had never been thrown into prison, would we ever have that book? And it has been the second most published book, it said, behind the Bible in all of history. Pilgrim's Progress, that great little book by John Bunyan. But Paul here is in prison, and in light of that, we might ask ourselves, how can he be so resolute? How can he be so steadfast? How can Paul be so joyful while he's in prison, while all of life seems to be crumbling around him? How can he sustain himself in these ways? And equally important, how can we sustain ourselves when life seems to be crumbling around us? Well, the Apostle Paul has a lot to say about that, and there are some things that we need to know about Paul, a couple of different things. The Apostle Paul had a twofold passion, a twofold passion. It's a passion that I hope all of you have as well. He wanted to know Christ, and he wanted to make him known. That is often a mission statement that we see some churches having, right? To know Christ and to make him known. That is their mission. And that truly could be a mission statement of the Apostle Paul. He wanted to know Christ more deeply and he wanted to make him known more widely. And that is a good aim. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, the Apostle Paul said. And then he gave his entire life to the preaching of the gospel to seeing people transformed by the gospel. But this passion led to all kinds of problems for the apostle. But through it all, he had a certain perspective that we see comes out in this particular passage of scripture before us. So we see Paul's passion, the problems that resulted, and then his perspective in light of all these different things that were going on in his life. And so we could say, what is your passion in life? That's often a question we might ask young people when we're trying to give direction to them. Well, what are you passionate about? We'll often say that. When it comes to the Apostle Paul, there's no question what his passion was, what his aim in life was. It was the spread of the gospel. He wanted to know Christ, and he wanted to make him known. The spreading of that life-changing message of the gospel of Christ is what consumed him. That's what he lived for. That's what he ultimately died for, was the proclamation of the gospel. And we see that word gospel in verse 5, 7, 12, 16, 27. And that's only in Philippians 1. In all of Paul's writings, specifically, the gospel is used around 70 times. Paul was consumed by the gospel. Paul was formerly a persecutor of Christians. And we might wonder and say, how does someone who's persecuting the church all of a sudden be in love with the church and give his life to the church and the gospel? 
Paul says in Galatians 1 and 13, he says, I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. He wanted to stamp it out, to eradicate the message of the gospel from the face of the earth. And Acts 9 tells us that Paul was on his way to Damascus because he wanted to round up Christians and bring them back so that they would face trial. He was looking for Christians, but he doesn't make him make it. The Lord Jesus Christ in Acts 9 tells us that, that the Lord Jesus Christ confronts Paul and blinds Paul. He's smitten and he falls to the ground. And he can't see. He has a physical blindness, but spiritually the apostle can see like never before. His eyes are open to spiritual realities that he did not know. Before he had a religion that he would kill for, now he has a savior that he would die for. And he would ultimately die for our savior. His life was radically changed. Paul knew the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ was his only hope, and he knew that that was the only hope of a lost and a dying world. And so he gave his life to bringing that message of the gospel to people. And I know that some of you have had this life-changing message affect your hearts and minds as well. And just like the Apostle Paul, you were going down a certain path, and he stopped you, and you've gone on a completely different path trajectory in your life but Paul had seen the gospel's power in his own life and in the life of others and so he had that gospel passion he wanted to see others embrace the Lord Jesus Christ repent and receive the Lord Jesus Christ he wanted to know Christ more deeply and he wanted to make him known more widely but this led to all sorts of problems in the life of the apostle Paul and we see that in verse 12 in, in verse A there, just at the first part there, we see great conflict. The problems that resulted um, in the Apostle Paul's life because of this passion that he had. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, and we need to pause there, and we need to fill that phrase in with meaning. What has happened? It should cause us to say, what are the things that are, has occurred in the Apostle Paul's life? What has happened to you? Well, if we look elsewhere in Scripture, in places like 2 Corinthians 11, we read of some of the problems that the Apostle Paul encountered. We see there in verse 23, imprisonments, countless beatings, often near death, 40 lashes, less one, five times, beaten with rods, stoned, three times shipwrecked, a night and a day adrift at sea, all kinds of dangers and toil and hardship, sleepless, hungry, thirsty, often without food and cold and exposure, and daily the pressure on me of my anxiety for all of the churches. All of these pressures bearing down in the life of Paul, physical sufferings, mental distress, it's quite a list and it's quite a lot for a person to deal with, and much more could be said about that. But also included in that phrase, and what has happened to me, is the present circumstances that have led to the imprisonment that he's now under in Rome. Just a quick recap. After Paul's third missionary journey, he's in Jerusalem in the temple area and some of the religious leaders incite crowds to try to attack the Apostle Paul. And so the the guards there, they, they grab Paul and they rescue him, but they bring him to prison and he's going to face trial there. And he's going to face beating, but he informs them that he's a Roman citizen. And under Roman law, they can't beat him. And so they take him from there 
to Caesarea, and he's in prison in Caesarea, and he's there for not two weeks or two months, but two years. And over that time, he faces three different trials, and he's not getting anywhere. And so he appeals to Rome, which he has a right to do as a Roman citizen. And so on his way there, on the ship, he's shipwrecked and makes his way to shore, and finally gets to Rome and where he's in prison. And so the list in 2 Corinthians 11, the riots in Jerusalem, all of the different things that have happened to the Apostle Paul since he's come to the Lord Jesus Christ are all encapsulated into that phrase there, what has happened to me. His passion for the gospel leads to great problems, a great many problems. So why, why, when his passion for the gospel led to so many problems, did he continue to be content and joyful? Why was he that way? Well, it's because of his perspective, because of his aim. The Apostle Paul was not aimless or goalless. He had great perspective because of the way that he viewed all of the things that have happened to him, his aim and his purpose. We see that in verse B. What has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. That was his aim. That was his goal. To Paul, there was always a way to keep on advancing the gospel, no matter what's happening in his life, no matter where he is. That was his perspective. That was his great aim in life. And I know for for some of you, you have that aim as well. Just in the last few days, I've had conversations with people who gather children in their neighborhood for Bible reading in their homes, who are going to other difficult places, conversation with friends and relatives, supporting new mission endeavors, parachurch organizations that are dealing with difficult situations, people making inroads in public schools and trying to minister the gospel, advance the gospel in that way. You've got that same perspective, that same aim that the Apostle Paul had. His biggest concern in life was not his ease and comfort. It was moving the kingdom of Christ forward. That was his great aim in life. And the word advance means to further, to make progress, but it also means something more than that. It means to make progress in the face of great obstacles. It's not easy. It's like making headway in a headwind or cutting your way through thick brush. You're doing it. You're making headway, but it's difficult. It's not easy. Paul wants us to know that in spite of all that has happened to him, none of that has stopped the advancement of the gospel. And this is very important. In fact, it may be that the circumstances are the exact means by which God has chosen to advance the gospel in the life of the Apostle Paul. The very circumstances he's under, the very imprisonment he's under, are the very means by which God has chosen in the life of the Apostle Paul to advance the gospel. And we see that in verse 13 and 14, three ways that the gospel has been advanced. The first is in the lives of the Roman soldiers. These are the imperial guard. In verse 13, it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard. The praetorian guard, the elite soldiers, the protectors even of Caesar and part of his household. Paul is chained to these soldiers 24-7. Six hours at a time, these soldiers would be on a rotation 
rotating one after the other through the house where the Apostle Paul was, six hours at a time, 24-7, at least four different soldiers a day, whether he's eating, whether he's sleeping, whether he's with visitors, whatever it is the Apostle Paul is doing, a soldier is chained to him. He can't get away, but think about that. Neither could they. He had a captive audience. And what do you think the Apostle Paul spoke about? Is it the thing that he mentioned 70 times in his epistles, the gospel? Do you think one of those soldiers ever went away not hearing the gospel? Do you think perhaps they went into their their staff room in the morning and they're all these soldiers are there getting their assignment for the day and, oh, really, you've got the Apostle Paul? Yeah, again, this is the third time this week. 24-7, chained to the Apostle Paul. And during those discussions, perhaps late at night, whatever it is, the Apostle Paul probably recounted all the different things that he's experienced in his life. How God has been so gracious to him. The miraculous things that he's seen happening in people's life as a result of the gospel and the grace of God in them. And I don't think it's far-fetched at all to believe that some of the soldiers became believers. Now in Paul's second imprisonment in Rome, a few years after this, uh, there are traditional accounts, we don't see it in the Bible, but tradition tells us that in that imprisonment, the Apostle Paul, during his time there, nine months there before he was executed under Nero, at least two captains became Christians, and 47 other people, guards, prisoners, became believers of the Lord Jesus Christ while the Apostle Paul was in his second imprisonment. So I don't think it's far-fetched at all to think that during this imprisonment, when the Apostle Paul had even more freedoms, to think that guards became believers during this time. And perhaps there's a hint of that in chapter 4 and verse 22, uh, that the, the guards as well became believers, where it says, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. That's chapter 4 and verse 22. Saints, those of Caesar's household. Some in Caesar's household. His family members, workers, guards are called saints. So the gospel is advancing in the lives of Roman soldiers, and even into Caesar's own household. And then secondly, we see that the gospel's advancing for Roman citizens, and we see that back in verse 13. It has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for, for Christ. The regular populace knew that Paul was in prison because of his faith and proclamation of the gospel in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now in Acts 28, you don't need to turn there right now, But in Acts 28, we get a picture of what things look like for the Apostle Paul while he's under house arrest in Rome. He's chained to these soldiers. He couldn't leave, but people could come and visit him. And it's quite amazing the description that we see in Acts 28. It tells us that different people, citizens, Jewish leaders came to visit over the course of the two years that he's there. And we see that in in Acts 28, verse 17 and following. And verse 23 says... When they, that is the Jewish leaders, had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. 
From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Paul's aim in life was the proclamation of the gospel. And listen to this, the close of the book of Acts, verse 30, chapter 28. He lived there, that's Rome, where he's writing to the Philippians, two whole years at his own expense, perhaps in part due to the the gift that we know that the Philippians gave to him, and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. It's amazing that the Apostle Paul had this type of ministry, this prison ministry that he had going on there with these people. As one commentator said, Paul's confinement was God's assignment. Paul's confinement was God's assignment. Paul is in prison, but he's a prisoner for Christ. He's there by the will of God and makes full use of it. His prison was his pulpit. His prison was his pulpit. That was his platform to be able to preach the gospel. He was a prisoner for Christ and he used that place. He used that platform to proclaim Christ. And then thirdly, we see here the third way that Paul says the gospel is advanced is in the lives of Roman Christians who formerly tended to be afraid. And we see that in verse 14. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Now, some of the people, you could imagine, some of the Christians in Rome during this time would be quite fearful of the authorities, would be fearful of being found out, would be fearful of being dragged off to prison like Paul has been dragged off to prison. And so we could see their timidity there with probably good foundation. But because they saw the example of the Apostle Paul, perhaps some of them thought, if Paul can do this kind of ministry in prison, what can we do outside of prison? And so they became emboldened in the proclamation of the gospel outside of the prison walls. The gospel is advancing through these formerly timid saints. Their perspective was flip-flopped. It made all the difference. How they viewed things, how they viewed the way Paul was doing things and the way they were doing things and trying to emulate and follow the example of Apostle Paul made all the difference. Their view made all the difference. Paul's perspective made all the difference. Paul could say that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. That was his aim. That was his passion. Now, question, question for you. Could you say, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel? Just like we filled that in with some meaning with the Apostle Paul, we would need to fill that in with some meaning in your life. We would need to know what has happened to you. Can you say, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What has gone on in your life? Like Paul, we all have a past. We all have loneliness, sadness, failures, bereavements, disappointments. There may be addictions, abuse, relationship issues, health issues. The list could be endless. All of these things that have happened to you, are they serving to advance the gospel? 
Maybe things haven't gone the way that you thought. It hasn't been easy. It's been a struggle. Maybe some days you feel like you're hanging on by your fingernails. You don't know how much longer you can hang on. Or maybe you feel trapped, that there's something that you feel imprisoned by. I was reading a counseling journal and it said people are unhappy today because they view their lives as a prison. It goes on to talk about perhaps your marriage feeling like a prison, your job feeling like a prison, all these different areas, health problems, feeling like a prison, feeling like you're trapped. And here's where we really need to hear the words of the Apostle Paul this evening. What if, like the Apostle Paul, your past experiences or present circumstances were the exact means that God has chosen to advance the gospel in your life? All those different hardships, all those different issues that have occurred in your past, in your experience, what if God wants to use those things to advance the gospel? That could look a lot of different ways. There could be many, many different applications that we could use. And I know I want to be very sensitive because I know some of you have gone through some very, very difficult, challenging situations. And I want you to know that I pray for you. And that if there's anything that I can do, or our session can do, to be able to help you through those difficult and hard times, and we want to be able to be available to help you through that. But most of us perhaps might feel imprisoned by a job that tomorrow we're going to head into and we, we dread it, we hate it, we don't want to be there one day longer. But if, what if your view flip-flopped and instead of viewing that like a prison, you viewed it as a platform, that your aim became the spreading of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, advancing the gospel within that workplace. Or perhaps you're a mother and it's difficult. Motherhood is no small, easy task. It is a high calling. It's a difficult calling. And sometimes it can be filled with all sorts of challenges, but it's also an incredible opportunity as we look into those little faces and want to see them embrace the Lord Jesus Christ, embrace him for a lifetime. And what greater legacy could you have than to instill a good example and faith into the lives of those children maybe it's your health health can feel like a prison maybe you're getting older maybe you're younger and have health challenges it can affect any one of us and that can feel like a prison i'm always encouraged by Joni erickson tata she is a great example in the faith a woman who is paralyzed at the age of 17 and yet for the past 50 years has had an incredible ministry ministering to people. She can say that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. It's incredible. What has happened to her has served to advance the gospel. John Bunyan can say that. The Apostle Paul can say that. Can you say that? The things that have happened to me have really served to advance the gospel. That's only going to happen if you view your trials as an opportunity. Not as a prison, but as a platform. Not as a tombstone, but a stepping stone. It's not over, it's just beginning. Maybe God wants to use those things in your life 
for you to be able to speak into the lives of other people who are going through similar challenges in their lives. We need to heed the example of the Apostle Paul, have a joy in knowing Christ more deeply, making him known more widely. That was his perspective, and it made all the difference. That was his aim in life. I don't care what I go through as long as the kingdom of God is advancing. And that was the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in Luke 9.51, the scripture says to us, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He was unstoppable. Nothing was going to stop him from accomplishing our redemption. And he hung and he died on that cross for us in accordance with the will of God. He was unstoppable. If we set out to advance the gospel, if we make that our aim, then there will always be a way for us to honor God and exalt our Savior in that. But we've got to be intentional about it. We've got to make that our aim. We've got to view things differently. We've got to view those things that seem to be a prison as a pulpit, a platform to be able to share the gospel. We need to look at things and say, okay, this is what's happening. God is still sovereign. How am am I going to advance the gospel in and through this? All for the glory of God and the exaltation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, I pray for each one here, each one watching, each one who will be listening. All of us face trials, sufferings, difficulties, hardships, And Lord, we submit all of those to you. We know that some of them are incredibly challenging. And so we ask and we pray for those who are struggling and suffering right now. We pray and ask, Lord, that you would relieve them, that you would give them peace about what is going on in their life or what has occurred, and that they would lean and trust solely and wholly upon you to deliver them and to give a turning point where they could look at these things one day and say that the things that have happened to me have really served to advance the gospel. And I pray for those who are going into a workplace and a work week, for mothers, for workers, for all of us, Lord, as we head into this week, whatever we are up to, whatever we're doing, that we would use our time to glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we would make it our aim truly, our life's aim as the Apostle Paul to advance your kingdom, to advance the gospel, all for your glory. In Christ's name, amen.